0: Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Now for our story. This morning, on board the Streamliner, moving slowly through the outskirts of Chicago, Lisa Fenner had bathed her swollen eyes, carefully applied a fresh makeup, while she was anxiously regarding a reflection in the mirror. She'd been crying, and there was nothing Paul Cromwell detested more than a hysterical woman. Lisa knew that. But all during the trip from... Chicago, from California, Lisa had been thinking. Thinking of those months before her child was born, when she'd shared a house with Kit Mead. And then the terrible night of Kit's accident, when Kit had lost her own child. Lisa's overwhelming sense of guilt, her feeling that she was responsible for Kit's accident. The painful decision she'd finally made to give her baby to Kit so that Kit might return to Wakefield and present the child as her own. Lisa kept worrying about it, longing to see her baby hold him in her arms. At last, the train had pulled into the station, and with an effort, Lisa had managed to forget those unhappy thoughts temporarily. Now she is sitting in the taxi beside Paul on the way to the hotel. Max, Paul's man, is in front with the driver. Well, here we are,
0: Lisa, in the big city.
2: Yes. Seems so noisy. All the people, the traffic.
0: Well, remember, Lisa, we've been leading a rather cloistered life. Chicago's bound to be a contrast. Personally, I find it rather a pleasant change, all the hustle and bustle.
2: Then perhaps I'm just a country girl at heart. Big cities always make me feel lonely, a stranger.
0: You oughtn't to feel too lonely here in Chicago, Lisa. You know, uh, there's a very old friend, very close friend of yours in town.
2: I suppose you mean Lance.
0: Yes. I imagine one may properly refer to an ex-husband as a close old friend.
2: Might as well calling that as anything, I guess.
0: Rather a difficult relationship to describe. I gather, then, that you did see the notice of Lance's opening at the Cobra Room? Yes,
2: I saw
0: it. Odd ah, you didn't mention it.
2: There didn't seem to be much point.
0: Well, perhaps not. But uh, surely you intend to see Lance, don't you, Lisa, while you're here?
2: Why, no. What, be, what would be the use,
0: Paul? Oh, I don't know. I just thought it might be a good idea for you two to get together talk things over.
2: But why should we? What are we to say to each other?
0: <laughs> well, you never know. It's been so long since you and Lance had your difficulties, you may find your feelings for each other entirely changed. Changed? Oh, yes. You might fall into each other's arms with loud cries of joy. Have a happy reconciliation.
2: Would you like that, Paul? You'd have nothing at all to worry about then, with me out of your life.
0: Oh, Lisa, good Lord, where's your sense of humor? I'd hardly be likely to say something like that if I meant it seriously.
2: Sorry, Paul, it just didn't sound very funny.
0: Oh, you're tired, Lisa. You need a good rest. You haven't been yourself for months.
2: I try not to, to bother you, Paul, but it's so hard.
0: Yes, I know it is. Things have been difficult for both of us, but you must be patient, Lisa. We'll get the whole mess straightened out soon, your divorce, everything. I hope so. We will. Believe me. And uh, it'll be easier with Lance here in Chicago, too. And and I'll get in touch with Kit. We'll arrange to meet her, sign the baby over to her legally, and...
2: Yes, Pa, yes. And then what? And then? Well, I,
0: I expect we can settle down then. Begin to live more normal lives. You can get back on your feet
2: and... I mean, what about us, Pa? You never want to talk about us, our plans, our future.
0: Perhaps that's your fault, Lisa. You don't make it very pleasant for me, you know. You're so nervous, irritable, like this morning on the train, all those wild statements.
2: What wild statements, Paul? What makes you think... All that
0: incoherent talk about wanting your baby back, after the trouble we went through, after you made the decision of your own accord.
2: Paul, I meant what I said on the train about my baby. I meant every word of it. I do wish I had my baby. I wish I'd never agreed to give the baby to Kit.
1: They arrived at the hotel then, and Paul Cromwell had no opportunity to answer Lisa's alarming confession. No opportunity to reason with her in the flurry of unloading luggage and registering for their rooms. Paul took Lisa up to her room, arranged to meet for lunch downstairs later, and at last, somewhat wearily, arrived at his own quarters. Max was there already, unpacking the bags. at last.
3: Yes. I've ordered some ice and soda water, Mr. Paul. I thought you might want a highball.
0: Thanks, Max. I had an idea that you would need one. Yeah, you're right, Max. All those gloomy predictions you made were just about on the mark. I'm afraid Lisa may do something crazy, something to upset all our plans. Um, pardon me, Mr. Cromwell, but what exactly is Mrs. Fenners' position at the moment? <laughs> You always put things so discreetly, Max. Well, at the moment, Mrs. Fenner's position... is that she wishes she'd never given the baby up. She wishes she had it back. That's what I feared.
3: It's odd, Mr. Cromwell. I've never been able to understand clearly... just why Mrs. Mead was so determined... to have that child in the first place. It it seemed rather inconsistent with her character.
0: Yes, I, I know... I thought of that, too. But according to Kit herself, it had something to do with Wakefield. Her position there, some such thing. She was never very clear about it. You know, Max, the sort of ideas women get in their heads. Well, I'm not sure I do. Uh, So far as I could see, Kit had some quaint idea that she'd give Bill Mead the child in exchange for a divorce, or something like that, anyway. A trade, you might say.
3: Hmm.
0: What an unusual arrangement. Mr. Cromwell...
3: uh... What, Max? I was thinking. There seems to be something missing, some clue which might make the entire thing very clear.
0: I wonder what it can be. Well, I'm in no mood for detective work. All I know is that I've done my best to keep my end of the bargain, to keep Lisa contented. However, if Lisa decides to kick up a row, well, anything could happen. It would be awkward, to say the least. Also, I
3: might remind you again that Chicago is uncomfortably close to Wakefield. Mm.
0: That's what worries me. If Lisa were to take it into her head to go there, to try to see the child, well, it doesn't bear thinking about. Mr. Cromwell. Yes? If you'd pardon me for being perhaps a little blunt. Oh, go ahead, Max. After the years we've been together, there's no point at all in your being tactful with me. Besides, you're usually uncomfortably accurate in your deductions. Thank you. It has occurred to me to wonder
3: if Mrs. Fenner is... That is, if Mrs. Fenner is completely reassured as to your intentions.
0: Well, frankly, Max, I'm beginning to fear that Lisa is not reassured, as you put it. I was afraid so. It's most unfortunate.
3: Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Cromwell, but another question has entered my mind lately. It seems rather peculiar that Mrs. Mead has been so irregular in
0: communicating with you. One would have thought under the circumstances... I know, Max. I, I have rather looked for a letter from Kit, even though she's a very poor correspondent. Perhaps I should... Yes. Yes, I think I'll go down there at once, Max. To Wakefield? Uh-huh. See what the situation really is.
3: It might be wise. Especially since Mrs. Fenner is so disturbed. Exactly. Look, Max, ring up the desk, will you, and see about getting tickets for tomorrow? Yes, Mr. Cornwell. Uh Shall I send a wire to Mrs. Mead, tell her when to expect you?
0: No, no, Max, I, I think not. But uh, she might be out of town. Oh, I, I doubt it, with the baby and so on. No, I expect Kit simply marking time, waiting to hear from me. Perhaps. Besides, you know how these small towns are. Everybody for miles around knows about it when someone gets a wire. No privacy at all. It might be unwise. Very well, Mr. Cromwell. Then you prefer to
3: arrive unexpectedly. surprise
0: Mrs. Meade? Yes, Max. That's it. I'll surprise Kit.
1: Well, Paul, Kit Mead will certainly be surprised at your unexpected arrival. But not pleasantly so. But you may be surprised yourself, Paul, when you discover the true situation, when you learn that Kit has not kept her end of the bargain. She promised to divorce Bill Mead, arrange her life so that she'd be free to establish one with you. Yes, Paul, you will indeed be surprised when you learn that Kit, instead of suing Bill Mead for divorce, intends to contest the divorce.